Greetings, and welcome to another edition of the Thinking Spatially podcast series, where we think spatially about the Earth, everything in it, and beyond. Joseph Kursky here with you, your host. Today's topic, Eratosthenes, calculating the Earth's circumference. Eratosthenes, calculating the Earth's circumference. Eratosthenes, E-R-A-T-O-S-T-H-E-N-E-S. Eratosthenes, who lived from 276 BCE to 194 BCE, was born in Cyrene, C-Y-R-E-N-E, now a part of Libya in the northern part of Africa. After studying in Alexandria and Athens at 30 years of age, he was appointed to a post at the Great Library in Alexandria and five years later became director there. The facility truly lived up to its Great Library namesake, housing a great deal of the learned and compiled knowledge of the time. During its 300 years of greatness, the library employed many scribes to borrow books from around the known world and return them. Between borrowing and returning the books, what did the scribes do? As their name implies, they copied them, by hand. Most of the books were kept as scrolls of papyrus, a thin material made from a wetland plant that was pressed and dried, from which was derived the English word paper. Like other great scholars, Eratosthenes was well-read. He became an expert in mathematics, poetry, astronomy, music, and geography. In fact, he is even credited to have invented the discipline of geography. It was at the library where Eratosthenes read about a deep vertical well near Syene, now Aswan, S-Y-E-N-E, now Aswan in southern Egypt. Once a year at noon at this well, on the day of the summer solstice, the bottom of the well was entirely lit up by the sun. The sun was directly overhead on this day, therefore, its rays shining straight into the well. Eratosthenes then placed a vertical post, or a gnomon, G-N-O-M-O-N, at the library in Alexandria, and measured the angle of its shadow on the same date and time. He found it to be one-fiftieth of a circle, or seven and a half degrees, south of straight overhead of the zenith. He then made some assumptions that were quite revolutionary. Unlike many of his contemporary colleagues, and many who came before and after him, he assumed the Earth was not flat, but rather a sphere. Second, he assumed that the sun's rays are essentially parallel because the sun is so far from the Earth. Interesting. Eratosthenes knew from geometry that the size of the measured angle equaled the size of the angle at the Earth's center between Syene and Alexandria. Knowing also that the arc of a circle, of an angle this size, was one-fiftieth of a circle, he then had to determine the distance between Syene and Alexandria. He chose to measure in stadia, a Greek unit of length that approximated the length of a Greek stadium. The length depended on the country where the unit was used, and ranged from 515 feet to 686 feet, or 157 meters to 209 meters. Measuring the distance was no small task during that time, before modern field equipment. Fortunately, Eratosthenes used two major sources of data. First, he knew from generations of surveying trips from the bookkeepers of the various pharaohs over the years that the distance was about 5,000 stadia between Alexandria and Syene. 
Second, he commissioned surveying trips of his own, which was a monumental effort given the main methods of available transportation, the camel. While working on this problem, he made a few errors, but the errors more or less canceled each other out, leaving the result nearly perfect. Eratosthenes did the same thing. He, his assumption that the Earth is a perfect sphere is not quite the case. Hmm. The Earth has a bit of a weight bulge problem, as you may know. It is slightly larger as measured around the equator than around the poles. Alexandria is not due north of Syene, as he had assumed. That was another issue. The length of a stadia also varied depending on which of the standard units was used. Itinerary, Olympic, Italian, Babylonian, Phoenician, or Egyptian. And the different lengths of camel strides balanced out human error in measurements Eratosthenes used from other surveyed trips. He arrived at a value of 700 stadia per degree. Because these errors balanced each other, Eratosthenes computed the most accurate measure of the circumference of the Earth, not only at the time that he had calculated it, but also accurate even by today's standards. Eratosthenes calculated the distance to be 5,000 stadia between the two cities. Since the angular difference was 1 50th of a circle, Eratosthenes multiplied 5,000 by 50 to find the Earth's circumference. His result, 250,000 stadia, about 46,620 kilometers, was amazingly close to the accepted modern measurements, 24,901.451 miles around the equator and 24,859.810 miles around the poles, or 40,075 kilometers around the equator and 40,008 kilometers around the poles. Thus, Eratosthenes was only 16.3% off of the true value. Indeed, if we repeat his calculations with more accurate measurements, the result is even more astounding, 24,900.829 miles, or 40,074 kilometers, which is only 0.16% from the currently accepted value. Why is this number referred to as the currently accepted value? Well, there is no, not a tape measure long enough to wrap around the planet obviously. Thus, the circumference that is used is the result of a mas mathematical calculation, just as it was in Eratosthenes' day. People refer to those calculations that define Earth positions as according to a specific datum. And now, geographic information systems professionals know all about datums. Over the two millennia that have elapsed since Eratosthenes was walking around the desert sands and wandering through the stacks at the library, the science of geodesy has evolved significantly. Geodesy is completely focused on the measurement and representation of the Earth. Geodesy is critical to the practice of modern surveying and indeed to all of geography. Tides, the movement of the Earth's crust, the difference in gravity over the surface of the Earth, the motions of the poles, and other phenomena keep things interesting and changing. <laughs> a, a fundamental theme in geography is that the Earth is a dynamic planet, and this is true with regards to the Earth's shape as in anything else. The Earth is an oblate spheroid, O-B-L-A-T-E, spheroid, not quite a true sphere, and in part given the fact that it has a semi-molten core, is continually changing. One can think of it as an object made of jello spinning rapidly as it revolves around the sun. That jello will change shape given the many forces acting upon it. Periodically, our accepted shape and size of the Earth adjusts 
has sensors below, on, and above ground as satellites bring us data that is increasingly accurate. This occurred a few decades ago when most organizations in North America began replacing the North American datum of 1927 with the North American datum of 1988. Newspapers were awash with stories about how, quote, the Washington Monument has moved 100 meters, end quote. The monument did not really move, of course, but the address that people assigned to it, its latitude and longitude, did, as well as other features on the planet. And now in the decade of the 2020s, in North America, we are going to move to another datum entirely. One that actually continually updates. Not everyone listens to pioneers and visionaries. Ptolemy, another Greek mathematician, P-T-O-L-E-M-Y, used 500 stadia to calculate the length of each degree of latitude or longitude along the great circle on the Earth. Eratosthenes, as I mentioned earlier, used 700. Posidonius did something similar. Consequently, the measurement used by Ptolemy and Posidonius of the size of the Earth was much smaller, but that did not keep others from using their measurements instead of that of Eratosthenes. One person who used these erroneous measurements was, as you may know, Christopher Columbus. If Columbus had used Eratosthenes' measurements instead, he would have known that the lands he found in the Americas could not have been Asia. On the other hand, if he had used Eratosthenes' measurement, he might have been too dismayed by the true size of the Earth to even attempt to reach the Eastern Hemisphere by sailing west from Spain in the first place. Interesting. The data about the Earth's shape is also increasingly in real time, such as the information that was received at the shifts in the Earth's shape after the earthquake off northeast Japan, as you may recall tragically in March 2011. But the shifts are nowadays in centimeters rather than in kilometers. Our expectations and standards of accuracy are much higher nowadays, and rightly so. Everything in our world that is constructed is positioned based on our understanding of the shape of the Earth, and consequently on the latitude and longitude values that serve as our addressing system for the planet. And if our understanding of the shape of the Earth changes, then the measured position of those survey markers, buildings, bridges, us, and everything else changes too. If geography is all about location, 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 then the reference we are using for those locations underpins everything we do in geography. Therefore, Eratosthenes made an enormous contribution to our understanding of the Earth by his calculation of its shape and size. And that, my friends, is our Thinking Spatially podcast for this time, Eratosthenes, Calculating Earth's Circumference. Joseph Kursky here with you, wishing you a very spatial day. Thanks.